On podcast 1767, a new Kona EV, a new Mini EV, and a new BYD Atto 3 coming to the UK. I feel I should apologise now. I think today may be a long podcast. I'll try and keep each story brief, but I'll throw links in the show notes if you want to read more about each one. But uh, looking at the word count... It's almost three and a half thousand words today. I think I might have over-researched today's podcast. Sorry. Uh, trying a new thing so you know when to expect a show. We go live at 5 p.m. UK. That's midday Eastern. Patreon supporters get the episodes when they're ready and free uh, and ad-free. Uh, be like them by clicking on that first link you see in the show notes. Welcome to a new Patreon supporter, Greg L. McNeil, who signed up last Thursday. Greg, thank you so much for being a producer of the show. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. EV News Daily is your trusted source of EV information for Wednesday, 8th of March. I'm Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story, so you don't have to. And as you can imagine, there's a lot of EV news around these days, and unfortunately, most of the things I came across, I really like the look of, so... Stop jabbering, Martin. Get on with it. The new 2024 Hyundai Kona is bigger. It's more luxurious, and it has a seamless front light bar. The two big complaints that I would have about the model that we own, so I'm qualified to talk about the Kona because we spent our own money on one, is lack of space in the rear. Not too much of a problem. We've got a four-year-old, so that's okay. And uh, limited cargo, which is an issue going on family holidays in it. But we just about coped uh, a couple of weeks ago. Both, though problems addressed with the new Kona. A dual 12.3-inch display, just like the Arnic 5, looks very similar inside, actually, to the more luxurious, bigger cousin car. The new Kona Electric, updated with more power and longer range, they say. The standard version has a 114-kilowatt powertrain and a 48.4-kilowatt-hour battery. The long-range version, which I have, has now a bigger 65.4-kilowatt-hour battery and 160 kilowatts on the motor, and maximum driving range of 490 kilometers faster charging as well 80 percent is reached in 41 minutes vehicle to load is standard allowing devices to be plugged into the car when it's powered on it's also got battery preconditioning as standard and a frozen charge door prevention system the design of the electric version inspired by the Ionic inside, and it's larger than the Kona that I own that maybe you've seen. It's 150 millimetres longer, 25 millimetres wider, and 60 millimetres bigger wheelbase. For Europe, on the WLTP test cycle, it, uh, with the two battery pack sizes, standard range or long range, either 212 miles or 304 miles. Now, with the Kona that we have, that we've had maybe for uh, four or five months, I suppose, um, in warm weather... It's regular for us to see the display, say, 310, 315, 320, depending on how we've been driving it. We don't get 320 miles out of it. But I really hope with the new Kona, they've kept the thing that I love about the car that we own. It's so efficient. It's small. It's compact. It suits us as a small family. And it's just so good in whatever driving conditions. EPA range in the US, 260 miles. And... Uh, the smart regen system remains as well. Uh, longer, wider, does that mean less efficient? We'll have to wait and see, uh, but lots more premium things like a new Bose sound system and a surround view monitor as well. Over-the-air updates have now arrived with the Kona. That's pretty cool. Uh, it'll be released in the US in the third quarter of this year. Pricing, I do not know. Now, here's a car that arrived today from China in the UK. That's the BYD Atto 3. Uh, using their e-platform 3, that means blade battery. Lithium-ion phosphate blade battery, 
261 official European miles of range, 420 kilometres, uh, four miles per kilowatt hour efficiency. It's a small SUV. They call it sort of C segment, they call it, but I'd say a small SUV. So think Kia Nero EV, a bit smaller than the Volkswagen ID4. The interior design, though, very nice. Playful, they say. I'd agree. A 15.6-inch touchscreen that rotates from landscape to portrait. The infotainment system, generally intuitive, writes Autocar magazine, who have driven the car, and I haven't yet. Uh, physical buttons, also voice control. Heat pump comes as standard. That's a great move. Uh, base level also comes with heated front seats, panoramic sunroof, vehicle to load, same as the Kona, all as standard. On the road, the Atto 3 is unassuming as a small family SUV, but comfortable, good accelerations, or 7-odd seconds, 0 to 60. Um, doesn't have a one-pedal function, but it starts at £36,000. £39,000 for the top spec. It's called the design spec. The car's been designed to be a credible competitor, they say, in this segment. And if you're going up against the Kona, the Nero, cheaper than the ID4, it's got to be good. That's the most competitive segment you can possibly enter and we'll wait and see how well it does. No clue yet on finance deals. That'll, for that kind of family buyer, I think for lots of people, the monthly payment is the more important number than the big headline price. Uh, I don't know that number, what their finance deals are. 88 kilowatts uh, peak charge rate. Over-the-air updates, five-star Euro NCAP, now available to order uh, with deliveries starting 15th of March. BYD say it's the world's first mass-produced eight-in-one powertrain because of their vertical integration. BYD is such a massive company. BYD can make all the bits rather than buy them in. Uh, the VCU, the BMS, the MCU, PDU, DC-DC controller, onboard charger, drive motors, transmission – all done by BYD, all beautifully integrated into an eight-in-one powertrain system uh, that optimises space, is energy efficient, and I'll pop a link to that first drive review in the show notes. Well, I'm interested in that. You know what I'm more interested in? The Atto 4. Because the Atto 4, as it's known in Australia, Japan, Europe, UK, and uh, I know we're in Europe, yes, I meant EU and UK, And uh, oh, but that's the SEAL. So in China, it's called the SEAL, which is a, a, a four-door sedan, not a hatchback, so very Model 3 competitor. Same, longer than the Model 3, uh, although the wheelbase is longer than the Model 3. And it came out last year. Uh, the interior, like the seats are a work of art. The Atto 4, or the Seal, is very luxurious. It's got all, it's got the, the, the rotatey screen. It's got a head-up display. It's got a driver's display. It's like a Model 3 if they were to make it now with all the latest technology, the Model 3 is looking a little bit long in the tooth. That is waiting for its update later this year. But it's two-thirds of the price of a Model 3. It's like $35,000 equivalent in China. So wait and see what that price is when that eventually makes its way here, because that's the one I'm interested in. My wife, though, would like the Atto 3, which is the, the SUV size one. All right, let's talk Tesla deliveries now. Next story. The first hardware for vehicles are arriving, but they don't have autopilots. Certain features are not available. Photos of the first Teslas with hardware 4 have made their way onto Reddit. It was a Model X. This person updated their Reddit page. And the software for hardware 4, though, isn't finished. Model 3 and Model Y will get this hardware eventually. Not available for retrofitting. Elon Musk has made that clear already. Hardware 4 
improves, they say, Hardware 3 with adding more cameras, better high-def cameras, and a radar, radar heater, and additional specs revealed by the Tesla hacker Green the Only uh, shows camera quality uh, doesn't seem initially significantly different, but we know they are different cameras, but it's not ready. So the vehicles are coming out and autopilot doesn't work on it, which... I don't know how much, what's a Model X now? 100 grand. That would be like, oh, here's the car. But yeah, you can't use the stuff. Tesla will get there. They always do. It's the way they work. Tesla Model Y is loved in Germany. Second best-selling car, not best-selling EV, second best-selling car last month in February. All thanks to Giga Berlin. They can make the vehicles and deliver them to German customers very, very quickly. Tesla is committing to 48-volt automotive electrics. We heard that at the Investor Day. And I found a a long-read article all about why cars have 12-volt systems in for the last 60 years, why we should move to 48-volt systems, why it's good for EVs, because you can use a step-down converter, use the traction battery, and not have to worry about a 48-volt battery or a 12-volt battery under your bonnet. And so I'll pop a link to that story in the show notes. It talks a lot about... um, wiring, amperage on those wires, how wiring looms have got bigger and heavier over the last 60 years for cars, and why 48-volt components are becoming a little bit more common. But if Tesla moved to 48-volt, not 12-volt systems, everything from you know the motor that runs your seat up and down or backwards and forwards to uh, the cabin heater, etc., will all go 48-volt rather than 12-volt. So uh, really interesting article. I'll pop a link to that story in the show notes for fellow nerds like me that like to know about these kind of things. Next story, the all-electric MG4, some call it the bargain of the year, is launching this weekend in Australia. Australia. Uh, We have had it here in the UK for some time. It's got 11 kilowatt AC charging, 135 kilowatt DC charging. Uh, It starts at 26 grand. I think you want the trophy spec, though. That's like 32 grand. It's fully loaded. Um, In Australia, though, Australia, it's going to cost 42,000 Aussie dollars uh, as the base price it goes on uh, on sale this weekend that's brilliant news australia you have got a great car coming your way that electric mg4 is sweet now it's official the new mini cooper ev uh, comes with 240 miles of range the new mini cooper hatchback will be the foundation of their next generation as they move towards full electrification uh, the car's been redesigned with some new bulbous headlights uh, it will be both a petrol version and a fully electric version it arrives early next year and along with the aceman crossover and the large Mini Countryman, which I would say is the equivalent to a BMW iX1. Yeah, big. I mean, the Mini is anything but Mini these days. Uh, that three-car electric range is how Mini will start 2024, along with the new Mini Cooper that I've just mentioned on the way soon. We'll talk about EV sales in Sweden, black cabs in London going electric, and why Lamborghini have gone, oh, you know what? It's better to add electric bits. Stick around, those stories are on the way. And if you want to avoid the ads, you can do that by becoming a Patreon supporter. If you want to support this podcast, and you can if you want to check out Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash EV News Daily. Be a producer, an executive producer, so you get your name shout on Sundays uh, for five, ten dollars. Many people pay more to support the work that we do to spread the word about electric vehicles around the world, uh, you're more than welcome to. If not, this podcast will always be free. Back in a sec. 
Okay, let's talk Volvo X, sorry, EX90. That is going to be top of the shop, real luxury. That's going to be their halo vehicle when that comes next year. And it'll come with full self-driving hardware. It's got a LiDAR hump on top, uh, like a little taxi light but they've made it look nicer than a taxi light. But that's the only way to do it. You've got to put the little LiDAR lump on top of the car so that it can see lidar stuff. However, if you want the full self-driving, it's going to be accessible by a subscription. And I'm not keen on the way the car industry is going. Just sell me the car, but I think it's that horse has bolted, my friends. The EX90 is their most advanced vehicle, an array of sensors and a LiDAR bump on the roof for autonomy. The, the software is still being developed, but when they do launch the EX90 with its 16 ultrasonics, 8 cameras, 5 radars and LiDAR lump, all of that will be standard. So every EX90 they sell will come with the full sensor suite, much like Tesla. But if you want to use it, it will be a one-time subscription or a recurring fee on top of what will probably be an 80 grand vehicle plus. So good way of Volvo making uh, some extra money, bit of pocket money every month with a subscription model. Let's go to Sweden next. And battery electric vehicles are continuing to dominate. 54% of sales last month in February were EV. And the full electric share grew substantially. Plug-in hybrid share decreased. Best-selling vehicle in Sweden? Well, it's a Volvo. The Volvo XC40 was the best-selling full electric vehicle. Uh, plugless hybrids are decreasing rapidly. Combustion-only powertrains, yeah, they've averaged 29%, but they're on the way down as well. Sweden knows something that the rest of us know. EVs are just better and more great news coming out of that country. And in London, where I worked for 10 years in Soho in, in W1 before I finally packed it all in and did this podcasting lark full-time, thank you once again. To our Patreon supporters, <laughs> you helped pay my mortgage this month. Um, is because uh, one of the great things about you know living and working in London, so many people there. But one of the worst things, so many people there. Now I used to have a six-mile commute from Southwest, if you know the area, sort of Twickenham, Barnsley area, uh, Mortlakey area, and I'd either run it when my belt size was perhaps a couple of notches further in in my 30s. So I'd either run that six miles uh, in and out of work, which was, I wish I could do that these days, or I'd cycle it. And if I wasn't cycling, you know, along the towpaths or through Kensington Palace Gardens, and you're on the main roads, the worst thing about London was the black cabs and the red buses, because some of them were so old, and they would just just stink up a big old black smog in your face if you were behind them at the lights. But then came, as I was leaving London, uh, to move back down here to Dorset and uh, and do this podcasting lark. Um, the the Black Cab LEVC TX was, was being rolled out. Now, it's a range extender, admittedly, but I always hear them in electric mode. And they've just crossed over 40% of cabs on the road in London, and that now means they outnumber dirty diesels, the TX4. And so the uh, LEVC, the London Electric Vehicle Company, is that what it is? Um the electric fleet, they say, has travelled 534 million miles, preventing 162,000 tonnes of CO2 emissions since 2018. Uh, it's 78 miles of electric range, and then it's got a fuel tank as well for the Rex, uh, which is another 330-odd miles of range. There's over 6,000 of those electric TXs now in London, and it's just brilliant. I see If I do go up there for the occasional bit of work or whatever, it's just I see them everywhere now, and it's brilliant. And it's amazing. And just come on, crack on with the buses now. 
Lamborghini next in the news. Their new V12 powertrain wasn't quite good enough, so how do you make it better? Well, you add a motor or three. Three electric motors, giving a total of 1,001 horsepower. Two motors up front, one integrated into the eight-speed double-clutch transmission. Small battery pack. It's not meant to be a plug-in hybrid. It's a 3.8-kilowatt-hour battery pack, and it can do regen, and it's all about giving that extra bit of power. When you get to the end of what you can do with combustion, the answer is add some electricity. Everyone knows that. Uh, so helping out the V12, the poor old V12 engine. Oh, bless it. Oh, it's going to be long in the tooth. Oh, it's an old combustion V12. Oh, it's just groaning a bit. Don't worry, my friends. Electric power is here to save the day. So I wonder how long before Lambo go full EV, but either way, I'm, <laughs> I'm only half joking. I'm sure that thing's a rocket ship either way, but um, still... All good. Right. Uh, let's go to China. I thought this was an interesting story. Um, the president, Chinese President Xi Jinping, expressed mixed feelings. That's never a good sentence. If if the president of China is expressing any feelings about your business, you want them to be generally wonderful and then for him to go away again. Uh, however, not good uh, when the Chinese president has mixed feelings about your business. <laughs> uh oh. He's talking about CATL, uh, the battery company, the world's biggest battery company, obviously proud of proud of the, the the success of that company but there's concerns about the deal they've done with ford building a factory in michigan ford will license catl's technology to bring it into the u.s to make batteries in the u.s to get access to the federal incentives and licensing chinese technology but making it on u.s soil he cautioned the growth of these industries should be planned and assessed for risk and the companies must balance development but with security oh my chinese friends now you don't want your technology leaving the country. Okay, that's interesting. When you do things better than others, now you don't want them to... Okay, that that well, this is how it works. Okay, I understand. Let's move on. Uh, Swarco in the UK is going to launch a new ultra-rapid EV charging network. This is amazing. Um, Swarco, I don't use them too much, uh, but they are a charging network. They're launching Pogo, Power and Go. That's what it's short for. Uh, they're going to launch a new ultra-rapid EV charging network uh, to include 2,000 of those fast charging stations over the next four years uh, with, they say, a regular service plan in place. Yes, they've learned from how others have failed by having hardware that doesn't work and maintenance. They say that was in the press release right up front. Hey, we've got maintenance plan. We've got service plan. Oh, we love that. We want the charges in the ground, but can we please have them working as well? They say it'll be a hassle-free network to use with multiple charging options available. Now, let's talk about Volkswagen increasing their outlook. Volkswagen Group has revised upwards their EV sales target. I'm not surprised by this because we know that we know where EVs are going, right, to 100%. And VW have said that their EV sales target for Europe will go from a 70% to 80% by 2030. Uh, to accelerate their electrification strategy and uh, to deliver on that demand they're already seeing for their ID vehicles across the range. I found a thing on Instagram where Bill Gates was riding an electric rickshaw, a Mahindra Trio, 131 kilometres of range, can carry four people. And he put a little video of himself. It's interesting what Bill Gates is doing these days. And uh, his Instagram's great, by the way. Um, He put a little video of himself uh, riding this in his shirt and tie, in his suit. He's got his three-piece suit on. And he's, um, he's riding this silent rickshaw saying that, Innovation in India is fantastic. Anand Mahindra, the chairman of Mahindra, shared the video and challenged him to a three-wheeled EV drag race. How cool is that? I'll pop a link to his Instagram if you want to see him. 
uh, Bill Gates in this EV, pootling around. And next, let's talk Amprius Technologies. They have selected Colorado, the city of Brighton, Colorado, for a new gigafactory that will start off at 500 megawatt hours, go to 10 gigawatt hours in the long run, choosing Colorado based on uh, factory size, accessibility to power, uh, proximity to materials and transport, etc. The initial phase of the factory opens in 2025 to make cells to be made into EV batteries. Uh, They're starting off with a $50 million cost-sharing grant from the US DOE. Next, and EV charging is becoming a popular option for employees. Electric charging at work is the latest must-have workplace perk. If you're looking for somewhere that's got a few work perks, like, I don't know, free tea and coffee, half day on Fridays, and EV charging. That's the latest thing that employees are looking for. So if you're an employer, this latest study says one of the best things you can do Add some EV charging so that you can get the best people on your payroll over your competitors. Companies are partnering with fleets and providing destination chargers to reduce the strain on the EV grid. And charging at the workplace is really helping out people who haven't got home charging as well. Finally, how do you fancy some free charging? Origin Energy in Australia is launching a new EV subscription car service. Now, one of the sponsors of this podcast is Octopus. You hear me talk about Octopus Electric Universe all the time. Octopus EV is an energy company that will also lease you an electric vehicle through a workplace scheme. Origin are doing the same thing in Australia. Uh, The offer is for an EV to be on a monthly payment uh, with services and discounts, helping you to get on the road electric. Uh, You can get a Tesla, a Polestar, BYD, MG, Volvo, and more. And it comes with an EV plan as well for your home electricity tariff, which means if you charge, I didn't write down in my notes the hours. I think it's sort of 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. or 9.30 to 12.30. It's free, not just discounted, free charging uh, on your home lecky bill, which would be very good, actually. What's that? So if you're on a 7 kilowatt charger, so... 21 kilowatt hours you could do a day if you absolutely rinsed your free hours. And I don't know what Aussies pay for their electricity. Here it's about 35, 45 pence at the minute. Maybe that's that could be like 10 pounds a day here if I could get three hours of uh, free electricity. Uh, now, admittedly, I get an overnight rate, so that is less. Uh, but still, I think that's actually a really good deal. Uh, whatever the price that Australians pay for electricity, we are paying through the roof at the minute. But there we go. Less said about that, the better. But there we go. That's our podcast for today. It wasn't overly long. I did whip through that a little bit. Sorry for uh, not expanding on too many of those articles. Thanks to our premium partners, Phil Roberts, Porsche of the Village of Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley and his EV Review Island YouTube channel that continues to grow, doing amazing things there, Octopus Electric Universe, global public charging made simple with one app and one map, and Lease Plan Electric Moments, providing all the tools and guidance that you need as an EV driver. Have a good one, see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.